WTFW and Democracy Now! is a critical part of your life. Please, don't delay any longer. We have a minute remaining thus far. We need $500 still, 202-588-9739, Oh, thank you so much. We only need $200 now. Howard, thank you so, so much for making a generous donation to WPFW and Democracy Now! 202-588-9739. You're tuned to member-supported radio, WPFW Washington. Please support it. Please stay tuned for Voices with Vision. This is Sam Skarijar from Burkina Faso, Citizen Broom, Ballet Citoyen. When I'm in Washington, D.C., do you know what I do? Yes, I listen to Voices with Vision on WPFW 89.3 FM every Tuesday, 9 to 10 a.m. Don't you miss that guy because you need to get the vision for a positive humanity. Bo! <laughs> Voices with Vision, bringing you news and analysis. It's about cutting-edge social justice issues by mixing various voices and ideas with information, cultural expressions, and commentary. Voices with Vision airs every Tuesday on your jazz and justice station, WPFW. Morning, good morning, greetings and salutations, world. You're tuned in to the February 20th edition, February 20th, 2024 edition of Voices with Vision. I'm Netfa Freeman in the virtual studio, but also but live, live with Brother Craig. What's happening, Brother Craig? Hey, what's happening, Netfa? And greetings to our listeners. Mm-hmm. Yo, this is our last show of the Winter Fun Drive. Actually, the last opportunity you you have to contribute to the sustenance of this revolutionary radio for revolutionary times. We do want to thank a couple people, not for our show, but for Democracy Now!, who just contributed to Democracy Now!, Howard in Washington, D.C., and Akua Koyate. Uh, Tate in, in Washington, D.C. Also, thank you for that contribution. It helps sustain Revolutionary Radio and Revolutionary Times. Now, for us, we're going to start with a new slate of a of a uh, what do you call goal? A goal of five hundred dollars for the hour, and we want to actually hope we can get it before nine fifty. For those of you who don't mind us thanking you on the air, it'd be great if you could do it before nine fifty, because then we can uh, show our gratitude and appreciation for you on the air. 
And so the number to call is 202-5889-739 or 1-800-222-9739. Also, uh, Cash App is the dollar sign WPFW. And there's uh, the online. You can do it online. If you're listening online, you're already there. You're like halfway there. Then you just hit the donate button. But if you're not, you go to WPFWFM.org and you can hit the donate button there um, and contribute to the show. So we have a little nice little mix for you. Last week, we were going in about Black History Month. That was part of it, right? Black History Month, we were talking about that and sort of how how to have a revolutionary perspective on that. And this week, we're going to pick up with some of that. We're going to actually, because if you remember, I don't know if, I think we announced it then, that the Pan-African Community Action, PACA, was also about to hold a Sada Shakur study group session, uh, a, a Pan-Africanist view on Black History Month was what it was called. So that happened. And so what we have now is a little mix of clips of the people that came, you know, the people that spoke out during that and what people had to say. I think it's very insightful. Um, I was there, obviously, we'll be in there. Um, and so we're going to bring bring you that. And hopefully I think you'll find it gratifying to, to listen to or insightful. Um, so, yeah. So, Brother Craig, did you want to have any opening words to share with folks? Well, just that... Uh you know, this radio station is uh, an institution that serves the people. This show is a program that is for the people's benefit, uh, consciousness, information, analysis. And what we ask is that you support us so that we can be accountable to you and not accountable to corporate dollars and the people that pay for ads and commercials and pharmaceutical companies and government agencies, etc. So that's what we've got to do. We, we're coming into some revolutionary times. 2024 is going to go down in history, as all years go down in history. But this one is going to go down in history uh, for being particularly uh, important and significant. And, you know, in, in, in regard to that, uh, your role in supporting this station is uh, going to be important for you to support consciousness and proper information and proper analysis. So 202 9739 is the number to call or you can go to the website wpfwfm.org or you can cash app us at dollar sign wpfw with a note in the memo section voices with vision mm-hmm. and then also uh we're gonna be talking a little bit about what's happening in the congo and, and some actions we need to take i know we, we hear about the congo a little bit uh, we need to take some action on it. So we're going to hear a little bit about that during the, the week. We ha- also have Anonymous in Arlington, Virginia. Thank you for contributing it, again to Democracy Now! That's a new person. Uh, uh, the, the, the fact that the station brings Democracy Now! And you're helping us continue the station that does something like that. So thank you very much. And let's, so let's go to our first clip of the Asada Shakur study group session. Hopefully it will inspire you to contribute to revolutionary radio and revolutionary times. What do you mean by counterinsurgency? 
for folks who may not have heard that word before. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Peace, everybody. Thank you for all those who are attending in person and online. Um, just to be clear, so when I say counterinsurgency, what I'm thinking about is like the U.S. state's effort at counterinsurgency directed towards the Black population here, which we understand obviously is a domestic colony. We think of insurgency, that's any collective effort to upend the current hegemonic system. But it's also important to know, like, even though current uses of the term is more about, you know, let's say Hamas in Gaza, it's important to understand that Nat Turner was also called an insurgent by the papers of that time. So I very much think of at least the U.S. state's involvement in Black History Month as being an effort of counterinsurgency to, um, to you know, de-radicalize Black populations in this country. I just wanted to highlight that President Gerald Ford, so he's, he's recognizing Black History Month in 1976. In 1975, he's really supporting the apartheid regime in South Africa, trying to kind of help them foment like a neo-apartheid regime, right? So just going back to my comment before, right? When I'm talking about counterinsurgency, this is what I'm talking about. Gerald Ford is no friend to Black people or African people, but he sees just as a part of the U.S. state that this opportunity to kind of, um, let's say, Blackwatch his, his reputation vis-a-vis -vis Black History Month. In this instance, in this context, they're not saying that there's anything wrong with that. They're saying, and this, what Evan said here, is back excellence is properly understood as, in other words, the, the popular media, corporate media, all that, it's not promoting radicalism or anything. And in fact, that's what Oliver said too. It's actually trying to perpetuate and pass the notion that black excellence means going along with uh, the status quo and being a representative of the status quo, capitalism, all that. People are rarely talking about excellent Black radical organizations or elite community organizers. It is deeply tied to corporate success and mediatocracy and its application. George Jackson, Ashada Shakur, and Daruba bin Wahad are all representative of Black African excellence. In fact, Black revolutionaries are the closest thing we get to Black superheroes. But unfortunately, this is never the legacy most people are talking about. Okay, I was just uh, going to say that's really insightful because um, I didn't even, in school, you're not taught that Martin Luther King Jr. actually critiqued capitalism. So I didn't find that out until like a couple of years ago. So it, it completely sanitizes revolutionaries and it makes them like marketable and it makes them cookie cutters to fit the the status quo of the status quo of um, imperialism. Definitely agree with that. Just wanted to bring back Evan's point about counterinsurgency because I think that's part of this too. The idea of reducing leaders to these figureheads and kind of separating them from the broader movements, broader ideas, political vision they were part of. Um, I also would raise up here again the importance of thinking about political prisoners and the way in which they're criminalized in the mind of the public and then kind of erased intentionally, right? And that that's sort of part of it as well, that even these names that many of us know, there's many other names that we don't know, and it's intentional, right? These are names that they've been able to sort of massage and whitewash and twist and, and you know, pick certain quotes and popularize certain ideas. But there's other people that they've had to bury, right, intellectually and, and literally. So I think that's part of this too, that there's, um, there's layers to kind of this process of both whitewashing, corporatizing, and also um, pushing counterinsurgency. And, and that's the role of the you know, the settler colonial capitalist state in, in you know, promoting and popularizing uh, Black History Month the way we understand it today.
I wanted to piggyback on, on what Bridges said. It's how we're taught to conceive how anything happens. And even what is worth our time a lot of times is if we can be the center of attention or if, you know, some great person is going to, um, I often get um, chastised by people, you know, that I work with every day, black people for not doing enough. Or, what are you going to do about this in the workplace? Or, for our people, people who don't lift a finger, don't join an organization, don't go to a protest, but it's because of how they conceive change happens. They don't see themselves as change agents. They see, oh, this is this thing that this person does. And so really that, and that ties into the whole thing of, of collective, uh, of liberation of, of what actually moves the needle in history and, and people playing any role that they can play is just as important, you know? and really makes the people that we talk about today. In Netfa's essay, which I hope everybody reads, it's in the chat, if you scroll up, um, he talks about how thinking about black history, we should be thinking about how we got here. We should be thinking about how the culmination of our history has led to our present material conditions. We should be thinking about us. We should not be taking this month to talk about politicians, black presidents, black CEOs, wealthy black singers, athletes, as if any of those people have done anything for the material conditions of black people. And if they will ever do anything for them. And if celebrating them does anything for the masses of black people, which we know that it does not. There is nothing that any of these people have going on in their daily lives that is a positive effect on what we have going on in our daily lives. So what this session is about is moving ourselves away from relying on that and moving away from making ourselves feel good. It's a self-esteem thing to see yourself in people that would not throw water on you if you were on fire on the street. But it makes people feel good to think of themselves as through proxy wealthy or powerful or important when that's not what our history should be a culmination of. It's kind of an extension of we were all kings. Like we're all the black president because one black man was president for a few years and dropped a bunch of bombs. So now all of us are powerful by proxy. And that is not at all how that works. And it gets us away from thinking of us collectively. There's a lot of the way that commercials have been used this, this month and in Pride Month and almost any month that's supposed to have at some point meant something should kind of tell us something. Once something becomes safe enough to be a commercial, then that probably tells us something about the potential of that that thing. You know, once someone's like, you know what we should do, we should put a, we should put a Kardashian, we should put, you know, whatever the athlete, put LeBron in this commercial. That, that should probably tell us something about what's happening here. Because all these people have teams that can tell you, they study what's the safest thing to talk about. They study the pros and cons of doing stuff. They study what they can profit off of. They're not doing anything out of the kindness of their heart. So that should not be something. I saw someone say, oh, they must really not care. They're like, I've seen a lot less Black History Month commercials this year. And I was like, so what? <laughs> that's fine. We don't need them to give us commercials. Like, that's actually OK. Uh, Jomo, he, him. Um, I guess what I, as I was, um, I think where Brenda was going was around the highlighting around the class consciousness. Um, I guess I'm curious around this uh, one, um, Obama being framed in the singular man thing as we're just critiquing how black history is played out. And what I experienced, cause I was 
my for my job as a nonprofit Negro, I experienced the Obama administration. And, and to me, there's a also a class of black folk who benefited, who got contracts, right, from who were working with the federal government that Obama put on. People were, you know what I'm saying? Like there was this whole courting, right? Like that was a whole crazy stuff with hip hop artists. So that always leads me to this question around whether or not there are Black people amongst the ruling elite, right? Because he represents a particular, we were, is he part of Obama? Is he, as a colonizer, is he a part of the, could he ever be? And those who seek to serve are they, right? And I think that that's a, so that's where I think it's interesting to like, then who benefits from Black history is that they're a class of Negroes who benefit from Black history as it is taught, who have crafted this message antithetical to what Carter G. Woodson had organized with his intellectual insurgency through the association. So there's this kind of, so it's always really painful to hear us like throw away Black history when it was like, it was actually something that started under Jim Crow, right? They told stories of teachers having to have two books, Carter G. Woodson's book and then the school book, and they would, teach for one book and when the white principal would come in they would slide and hide Carter G. Woodson's book and pretend like they were teaching from the curriculum. That all feels lost now. It just feels like racial, racial capitalism keeps winning. <laughs> yeah. That would excerpt from the Asada Shakur study group session on February 14th that took place at the Black Workers and Wellness Center of, of 1DC's Black Worker and Wellness Center in Southeast D.C. Um, and there were people, it was a hybrid session, so there were people both online and in person. Um, and it was a very interesting, people were dropping some gems, and that was just some tidbits of, you know, I just kind of strung some things together. Uh, shout out to um, to two of my pocket comrades who helped me identify the clips. I want to, you know, I want to make sure I get them right. To Bene Anikwe, Anikwe, and also Jasmine, and I, Jasmine's last name. Anyway, <laughs> Jasmine helped. Sorry, I don't, I don't want to mess it up. Let me see. Akufo, Akufo, yeah. And so, yeah, that was just a snip. We got a little bit more for you. Um, um, there was so much there, and I really didn't, couldn't get everything that they identified as gems in there. They gave me a lot. But we do have a little bit more for you. Um, we'll bring it to you later. Uh, we want to thank people. Abraham and, and Chantilly Virginia says, keep up the good work. Uh, happy anniversary. And also Anonymous and Silver Spring helping us to get to that goal. The number to call, please call us and help us reach this very important goal to contribute to the overall goal of WPFW's Winter Fund Drive. You know, the only way we really can sustain the things uh, that require resources and financing that are emancipatory are, are by us doing it ourselves. We're not going to, you know, the corporate corporations and, and people who, who are rich, who benefit and want to see capitalism flourish and want to see our continued colonial subjugation, they're not going to give to this. In fact, if they get a little inkling of what they hear on this radio station, um, they might even undermine it. And the only way we can sustain it 
is to support it ourselves. And that's why we do. That's what, you know, every liberation struggle, every movement, you know, uh, whether it be a liberation struggle on in a country where they, you know, are struggling for power and or whether it be within the the bowels of a colonizing force, always have their their uh, what we call instruments of communication. Uh, they're either a newsletter, you know, newspaper or, you know, a radio station, whether it be pirate or whatever. And those things are independent and they have to give the messaging and the analysis and the insights of that emerge from the the people-centered process of liberation. And that's what WPFW is. Whether you know it or not, that's what it is. And so if you do know it, then let's, you know, let's hear from the people who listen a lot and, and are, you know, the people who do give, not that we're telling you not to give if you're inclined to do so. It's going to help the station. But we really want to speak to those folks who who are listening and who listen regularly, clearly value it in some way, but have yet to ever contribute to its sustenance financially. And that's who we need. And if we can get all those people who do that, it's a significant portion of them. Hey, Brother Craig, am I right in thinking that yeah. that, uh, that percentage might be larger than the percentage of people who actually give? I don't know it's, if I got that right. Much, much larger. As a matter of fact, uh, the percentage of people that give, I think, is less than 10%. So it's like, you know, let's just round round off and say 90% of the people listening don't give. Mm. And, you know, what's interesting about that is, you know, all of us get approached all the time by uh, charities or even individuals asking for, you know, spare change or some money or a donation and that type of thing. And it'll just be out of the blue. But uh, what we're talking about here is WPFW, a station that you tune into. Every day, several times a day, um, we're here every week. We're volunteers, and um, it's something that you know connects with you and your life. And if we were all just do a little bit, because see, we're not asking for a particular amount. You know, can you give, you know, five hundred dollars or two hundred dollars, or we're saying, can you give anything? You know, uh, whether it's ten dollars or twenty dollars or ten dollars a month, which is a very manageable thing to do. So you know, whatever amount is comfortable for you, uh, you know, we will gratefully receive it and it, uh, it'll go a long way uh, toward keeping us, you know, on the air as a station and keeping us going as a program. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it'll make you feel good too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, we take it personal, <laughs> we take it personal. Um, so you just, it's easy. You just go to the phone 202-588-9739 or you go to the website WPFWFM.org. Just do that and then decide how much you want to mm -hmm. contribute, and we'll thank you. And it may help for people to know that the station's goal is 60, where we have until what next, until maybe Sunday. I don't, don't remember exactly until next Sunday. It's usually Sunday. And that we're 61, 62.1% to the overall station goal. And so, you know, if you can help this show reach meet at least $500, then you're helping chip away at that overall uh, 200 and some thousand dollars that we need to keep the station alive. Um, and to also maybe put a little in the bank for the next time, you know, so we don't have to have such a big goal and those kind of things. So the goals, you know, are important. Um, and so that's what this is about. Hey, we, we said something to you about also, and this is 
Revolutionary Radio for Revolutionary Times about what's happening in Africa. We we always try to tie Africa and the condition of oppressed people around the world, but particularly within the United States to Africa and other places. Um, one of the things, in fact, Malcolm did it best, and this brother, this Regenry, come on uh, to help us talk about what's happening now in the DRC Congo. He's no stranger to WPFW, has been on the airwaves of WPFW quite some time and has been struggling in the movement for quite some time. Friends of the Congo is the organization. Maurice Carney, the comrade brother that we're talking about, welcome to the airwaves again. And what's happening in the Congo, we've talked about it on the show before, We've been, and not just to show other things, with the proxy Rwanda, uh, led by the comprador Paul Kagame, is creating war and destabilization of the Democratic Republic of Congo and the US textiles pay for it. He's a you know he's a US proxy and we have to stand up and let people know what's going on. Brother Maurice, welcome back to Voice with Vision. Peace, 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 Brother Penner. Thank you. I call you Petner. I call you Petner. Petner is a brother I'm working with. <laughs> peace, Brother Netfa. How you doing, man? Thank Good. you for, uh, for having us on. So now, this, I'm, we scratched the surface on that. I was, you know, but, you know, fill out the context. We have a, a demonstration that's coming up this Saturday in front of the Rwanda. We're going to start the Rwanda embassy at 1 p.m. and then march to the White House. Fill out the context, why people should think it's important, you know, turn out and why it's important. Yes, yes. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, it's a, what, the march we're having this Saturday at 1 p.m. in the Rwandan uh, embassy right there off of uh, Massachusetts and near near U Street is uh, to highlight the role that the United States has uh, played uh, in this uh, over 25 year war of aggression and plunder led by its uh, allies. Uh, Rwanda, led by Paul Kagame, uh, and uh, Uganda, by, led by Yari Museveni. And this is really important because uh, not only uh, does the U.S. provide arms and financing and training and intelligence and money to the Rwandan government as it has invaded Congo twice, 1996, first time again 1998, uh, which triggered what the United Nations says the deadliest conflict in the world since World War II, where an estimated 6 million Congolese uh, perished in those wars. But he's continued to support uh, militia groups in the east of the Congo that has destabilized the eastern Congo and has uh, resulted in the displacement of millions of, of Congolese. And uh, of late, uh, Paul Kagame has been supporting a group called M23. So it shouldn't really say supporting because it is really an extension of the Rwandan military inside the Congo. And they've been bombing. Um, cities around the eastern uh, capital of, uh, of Goma. And as a result of that, it has uh, created like a, a psychosis among the population. It has uh, generated a tremendous amount of fear. Uh, the United Nations reported that uh, one city called Sake, which they dropped bombs on uh, last week, uh, pushed out up to 150,000 people that had to be uh, get really leave their homes and uh, leave their belongings and and, and just get out of town, uh, heading towards uh, Goma. Now, uh, Neto, while all this is happening, uh, Rwanda is uh, launching b uh, bombs into Congo. Uh, the United States is uh, very much aware of what Rwanda is doing. In fact, the State Department released a statement 
that uh, called on Rwanda to, to shut down its uh, surface-to-air missiles that's uh, firing up on Cong- in Congolese territory uh, to start, stop arming the M23. And now your listening audience may be familiar with that, with these, this kind of uh, announcements or statements coming out of the State Department because that's what they say to Israel, right? And they say, well, ah, you know, and they may say Israel has the right to defend itself and right. it, it, shouldn't, it shouldn't be measured. It should, you know, uh, Israel shouldn't... Uh, uh, bomb indiscriminately should take care, right? All of those, those that language, but they continue to send the arms. They continue to back Israel. So it's not, uh, even though it's to a lesser extent, it's the same formula, right? Where uh, a U.S. ally uh, that is waging a war uh, against uh, defenseless uh, people for all intents and purposes, and the United States uh, continue to arm them, continue to finance them. And of course, run diplomatic and political cover uh, for uh, their their proxies, uh, and they've done that for Paul Kagame. And while all this is happening, uh, the displacement of of up to uh, of millions of people, uh, the bombing, indiscriminate bombing of uh, Eastern Congo, Paul Kagame was in Washington D.C. being hosted by the Congressional Black Caucus uh, about uh, a week a week and a half ago. Mm. So. The, the point is that uh, when the, the crimes that are committed in the Congo by the likes of Paul Kagame wind up being washed and cleansed uh, in Washington because he's then invited to Washington, red carpet rolled out for him, and he's celebrated as what they call, Bill Clinton called him, a new breed of pan-African leader, right? The leader that we all had to look up to and emulate. He's the model for the future of, uh, of Africa. So we're, we're demonstrating uh, to, to raise awareness uh, uh, for people here in Washington and throughout the U.S. about what these guys are really like, what our tax dollars are supporting in Africa, the raping, the killing, the pillaging uh, that's mm-hmm. taking place in eastern Congo. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and people are gathering at the in front of the Rwanda embassy at one, and there's going to be some speakers there. Ta- also mentioned the coast, but there's like a number of co-sponsoring organizations on board. Yeah, there there are a host of uh, of co-sponsoring organizations. Of course, uh, thank you, uh, Pack, Pack on board, and uh, Black Alliance for Peace uh, is on board. Uh, you have the Great Lakes uh, Africa House uh, Foundations on board. Uh, Congo Initiative is on board. Um, African Great Lakes Network. So it's really being led by the Congolese uh, diaspora, and uh, Friends of Congo is a part of that uh, part of that effort. And that's going to be taking place at, uh, as we said, the, the, the Rwandan embassy uh, just off of uh, Mass uh, near, near U Street. And we're going, it starts at 1 p.m. and we'll be moving from the Rwandan embassy to in front of the White House. Mm-hmm. Now, we'll just, be mar- marching down 16th Street to, to, the, to the White House. Mm-hmm. Um, now, just a, a little sidebar here, a little bit. And thank you to Anonymous in Woodbridge, Virginia. That's a new WPFW member, we say new because once you contribute your, you know, if it's the new first time you're doing so, you also become a member of WPFW and can vote and all those kind of things in our local uh, board and whatnot. And so helping us get that much closer to the hour, so to the to the goal for the hour. Thank you so much. We still need people to do it. The information that Brother Maurice Carney is sharing with us is giving us an opportunity also to get involved in the liberation struggle um, and Africa, um, and also the the anti the struggle for uh, anti imperialism and all its facets. You know, while how they 
prop up proxies and whatnot, and and so they 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 don't have to be able to. They can say that we well we weren't doing that. That's just to confuse people in Africa. They got all that turmoil, and so we have to come sometime and save them, and like have Africom, you know, the Africa. U.S. Africa Command come in and, you know, put down some of that confusion. Um, Brother Maurice, I want to ask you one question before you go. Um, it's kind of on the spot, but I've heard you talk about this before, so I'm not, I'm confident that, you know, you have a lot of information to share people. Now, I don't know if you were listening to what we had previously been talking about, and we actually yeah, continuation from last week about, about um African, well, black history, African history, and that, you know, that, you know, Malcolm used to make the, use the Congo as the tie to help people mm -hmm. understand our connections. Um, yeah. I would, I would suggest and put forth that Malcolm X and the true Malcolm X, not some whitewashed version, are some of the people that that's not something we get, you know. Um, we get sanitized versions. We don't we really get anything about the individuals. They kind of just propped up and they do Malcolm only because they can't <laughs> ignore him. But kind of, you know, how has even Patrice Lumumba and Malcolm and all those help us understand the, you know, what are a real honoring uh, of our history should look like? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Malcolm, Malcolm almost always uh, talked about uh, Lumumba. In fact, uh, you know, he said Lumumba was the greatest African to ever walk the continent. He, he named one of his daughters after Lumumba. Uh, so he had a tremendous amount of uh, admiration for, for Lumumba because Lumumba served as a, as a model of what a, a true liberation uh, figure uh, looked like in the sense that uh, Malcolm said that, you know, Lumumba couldn't be bought. He couldn't be reached. He loved his people so much. Uh, he loved liberation so much. Uh, as the Central Intelligence Agency, U.S. government, bought off other Congolese elites, they couldn't reach Lumumba. And because they couldn't reach him, they had to get rid of him. They had to assassinate him. And uh, speaking of the Congo, uh, Malcolm, uh, as, as you know, Malcolm established the Organization of Afro-American Unity. In one of the initial meetings in 1964, uh, he was showing a film on the Congo, talking about the Congo. And uh, one brother in the audience stood up and he said, man, what are we been talking about the Congo? We catching hell right here in Harlem. And Malcolm retorted, you know, well, I'd like to respond to this brother who's talking out the side of his mouth. And he said, he went on to say that uh, as long as we believe that we have to get uh, Mississippi, Mississippi free before we get Congo free, uh, Mississippi will never be free. Right. So he was making that connection that what we're facing is a global capitalist, imperialist, white supremacist structure that uh, where we catch hell in Mississippi for the, uh, under that same system and we catch hell in the Congo under that same system. And both Lumumba's and uh, uh, Malcolm's life uh, were, you know, manifested that, uh, especially the way they were uh, gotten rid of, right? The Central Intelligence Agency, uh, the, uh, the international arm of the mm -hmm. U.S. state overthrew assassinated Lumumba and by the same token uh, and in fact when when Malcolm you know traveled throughout Africa in the in late 19 in 1964 uh, the Central Intelligence Agency tracked him all all throughout Africa uh, some people believe when he was um, he fell ill in in Egypt and was poisoned you know the CIA had a role to do with that uh, and of course as we know uh, as we uh, in a few uh, I guess uh, uh, tomorrow we'll be talking about uh, Malcolm and his uh, assassination we know the role the intelligence agencies in the U.S. played in the assassination of uh, Malcolm. So what we've seen with Malcolm's 
life and with Lumumba's life is the extent to which uh, the arm of the U.S. security apparatus, the domestic arm played a role in uh, uh, assassination of Malcolm, the international arm that played a role in the assassination of, uh, of Lumumba. Um, so it's vital for us to understand whether we believe it or not, uh, whether we, we're clear about it or not, uh, the enemies of uh, African freedom and liberation, very clear that they're in a global struggle, that getting rid of somebody in the heart of the African continent, as they did with Lumumba, is as important to, main, uh, uh, to maintaining their domination as getting rid of somebody in the streets of, uh, of Harlem, as they did uh, with Malcolm X. Mm-hmm. All right. Well said. Thank you, brother. I mean, I, I just kind of thought you would do justice to it you did more than that um and that people listening we just got some real history right there you know like this is what black history should be about this is not when somebody in the echelons of the government even some of these black politicians these come with them we refer to as the misleadership class when they talk about black history and they're honoring or, or any of these people the bourgeoisie they're not talking about, they're not going to, they don't even want you to hear what, what Brother Maurice just laid out. That's not going to be part of the narrative. So we have to have a very honest examination about, you know, what these things mean to us. And then like Brother Jomo on the recording talked about is the the legacy of Black History Month or like the intention of it when it was first conceived was an insurgency was a was a liberal emancipatory project it was meant to be that whatever with you know at that time and has evolved as a a, within the space of people-centered emancipatory uh efforts and action and so but then because it's so strong and because it's so important it becomes co-opted and appropriated and so this is what we want to do is we want to take it back the number to call is 202 if you want to, if you appreciate this kind of analysis, this kind of information, we're going to go right to the other clip that we have. But Brother Maurice, thank you. We want to reiterate again the uh, the information people need to know about Saturday. Yes, uh, we'll be marching from the Rwandan Embassy. Uh, that's at 1714 New Hampshire Avenue Northwest uh, to the White House, starting at 1 p.m. 1 p.m. sharp. Join us. Come on out. Support our, our work. And you want to get information about it, you can go to, you can visit us, visit, visit us on any of the social media handles, uh, social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Congo Friends, at Congo Friends on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and you can get access to the, to the flyer. Uh, we look forward to having you join us uh, this Saturday, 1 p.m. Uh, in front there. of the Rwandan Embassy. All right. Thank you, all Brother right. Neffer. Thank for all you do, brother. Thank you. All right, man. Be well. All Peace. Right. So please give Revolutionary Radio or revolution, for in Revolutionary Times your support right now. Uh, we want to just meet this goal before the end of the hour, 202-5889-739 or 800-222-9739. Also, WPFWFM.org to do online and we can, uh, um, you know, you, and then also cash app it, dollar sign WPFW. You look like you had something real quick. Just want to tell the people got three hundred and fifteen dollars to go. So yes, yeah. yeah. If they, yeah, three hundred fifteen dollars to go, then we'll have to go. But let's let's do this part two clip to close out, and hopefully you can. We'll have some more time to thank people. We will. We'll have some more time. Let's go to the last clip that we have. I'm 
gonna do an informal poll. This is not for a presentation, I'm going rogue. I'm gonna do an informal poll. Everybody who's online, I want you to put in the chat what you refer to fellow African, Black, et cetera, people as. Like, and be honest, don't, you don't have to say African if you don't actually say that in real life. Like say, what, what, how do you refer to yourself and how do you greet others and how old you are? Like what generation you are? And if you see some kind of like generational difference between how people refer to um, ourselves and each other. Okay, so I'm gonna read some of these now. Black to others, African or black millennials, black African, new African. Okay, Josh, new African. Black to my people, black, I'm 27. See a lot of black, depends on who I'm talking about, but most generally black. Sometimes I'll say where my family's from, Ghanaian dad, mom from Chicago. Black or African 35 years old, black African depends on circumstances. That's interesting. People like Jasmine, if you feel comfortable saying, um, having your dad being Ghanaian, does he have any particular feelings about being referred to as black? How does he feel any particular way about it? If you want to put it in the chat, you don't have to get off mute. If you want to get off mute, let us know too. But I'm just curious. Um, black African depends on circumstances. And I say black and older gens, but a lot of my thoughts around that has to do with being first gen from Jamaica. I find that also really interesting. Um, all right, so that's what's in a name, real life edition. Anybody in the room want to speak to black African or, or their any uh, other deviations? <laughs> if you have another, another thing that we don't even know yet that you call each other, like let us know. Um, but yeah, we can go, if anybody doesn't have anything else, we can go to the next slide. And we have, when I was younger, African-American made sense until I started thinking more about the corruption of this country. Black felt stigmatized to me, then still does now. Ooh, can we scroll up a little bit? I'm missing the end of that, the tail end. Uh, yeah, third. Um, I still say black now, but since I started studying Pan-Africanism, I've been struggling to say African more often when I speak. Hmm. Um, I do say black American if someone is trying to pinpoint my ethnicity though. Interesting. I did grow up with my dad, but my uncles were very adamant about being Ghanaian and in particular doing so to extinct to, to distinguish themselves from black Americans. I didn't grow up with my dad. Got it. That's also really interesting. There's no way to tell the history of Africa without talking about the scattering of our people around the world. You can't tell the history of Africa. It's not it's, it's a history of a continent. It's not the history of any one of these colonial. And then, and when you tell the history of the continent and the scattering of our people, then the, then African history or the African history or African history month must be uh, Africa as the, the the core and the rest of us being the extension of that history. And and you know, it can't start with America by by the very nature of it. If it starts with America, then it severs our relationship with the rest of the world in all kinds of ways. And that we have to look at what we talked about in. The APRP and Kwame is that everything goes as uh, a process of historical materialism goes from smaller aggregates to more to larger and even more globalized or international aggregates. Colonialism and the international finance capitalists. Let's, let's get after slavery and colonialism and slavery scatters. Colonialism went around the world and colonized people. But look at the United States as the top imperialist order, and it's all over the world. For us, and we can't we can't really do anything with that except for a create, and it's not just about identifying with the people around the world, but it's actually the material means of forging connections with people around the world, projects and things that are that push back 
against the imperialist domination of what Garrett said. It's really the US-EU NATO axis of domination as we refer to it. And that we have to see ourselves that the to when we realize we're internal colony in, the, in, in any of these European places where they're African communities, we're internal colonies, that's only the first step to realizing we're also part of the global South. We're also part of the uh, the rest of the non-white world struggling for decolonization and, and for liberation. And we have to find strength. Two zero two five eight eight nine seven three nine. So that was the the last of the clip that I could put together for this that came from the Asada Shakur study group session, Pan-African Perspective on Black History Month. Um, and that was me, yours truly speaking at the end. But I was just, you know, I wasn't trying to be self-serving. I was trying to rush and put some more clips in there. But um yeah, we only have $315 to go. We do want to tell you about something else, too, that's very important. And and, and also, our uh, colleagues um, on the fellow show, the show um, Darker Than Blue, Jacqueline Lukeman and Sean Blackman, now on Darker Than Blue on Fridays. I think it comes on 4 o'clock. I can't remember the day, but, but they had an excellent show last week. Um, they didn't get a lot of pledges, but hopefully you can support them when they come on this time because they surely just deserve it. Um, and they had Brother Rafiki Morris on breaking down a lot the Alliance of Sahel states, also, and the, that whole those countries, you know, Burkina Faso, Mali, and and um, Niger, Niger, some people say, and what how they play into things, and also the U.S. disposition about it, but also. We're, it goes into this another demonstration. We need people to come out. And I know people are saying demonstrations, you know, what does that do? Well, it does a lot. It, it, it's not the only thing, especially if it's tied to other things, then it does a lot. If it's just demonstrating, then you're right. Maybe it doesn't do that much. But we're, uh, um, we're demonstrating at the African Union mission to the USA on February 26th. That is That should be Monday. February 26th on Monday, we're demonstrating at the African Union Mission to the USA, 1649 West Content Avenue, Northwest D.C., um, from at, starting at 12 p.m., open the People's National Assembly in Guinea-Bissau. If you've heard this show and if you go back and listen to Darker Than Blue, where Brother Rafiki breaks it down even more, the national, the people, the duly elected National Assembly in Guinea-Bissau, which is actually led by, it's a coalition led by the PAIGC. People may have heard of Amilcar Cabral. If you haven't, then our African history ain't doing enough, you know, but our black history is not even doing enough. But uh, uh, Freedom Fighter Amilcar Cabral and his organization, um, the African People's, ooh, what does PAIG stand for? African Brother Craig, maybe you can help me out. I'm trying to look it up. But anyway, people just uh, African, say P-A-I-G-C. I know I say it so much that I don't even remember the African people. Something for Guinea and Cape Verde uh, is um, anyway. But that Guinea-Bissau is the you know this is a elected, constitutionally elected, you know, government that's being denied access to their lever to be able to do their job, and the U.S. ain't talking about that. 
They're not saying, you know, let them in. But they'll give props to, you know, these people, compradors in Nigeria or someplace else, you know, Gabon or Gambia, whatever. Um, and the coup in Gambia, they didn't even they act like that. They didn't even, was it Gambia or, or Gabon? Where they act like that didn't even happen. <laughs> or they actually had the nerve to say, well, this might be a good coup or something like that. But anyway, we need uh, people to come out to that. Um, and you can get more information. Actually, if you send me an email, I don't really have a. It'll be up on the Black Alliance for Peace website by the end of the, you know, like in a couple hours. BlackAllianceForPeace.com, and you can get the information about that. Um, we want to thank. Um, we have someone else anonymous to thank. Thank you so much for helping us significantly on behalf of the Congolese diaspora. Oh, okay, so my. On behalf of the Congolese diaspora, thank you very much generously helping us get even chipping away even more uh, at our goal. So we only have $215 to go. And so if we can get $215 by, you know, within the next seven minutes, we can actually thank the person on the air or whoever, even if you want to be anonymous. Some people don't. Um. But, you know, you mentioned... Uh Jacqueline Lukman and, and Sean Blackman, um, I just confirmed that their show is on Friday from 5 to 6. Oh, they so did? Friday's, How did you get that? They text you or something? No, it's, it's on the schedule. Oh, I thought you said that they confirmed. Okay, go ahead. Oh, no, I, I'm just confirming that. Yeah. And you were, and we mentioned the uh, PAIGC, the African Party for the Independence of Guinea and Cape Verde. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, that's it. I just say we say these initials so much we forget what, what they stand for. Um, but yes, and so this is very important. We want to come out and support the Congo because Congo's tied. We want to support PAIGC and a real revolutionary process happening in Africa. I think the, the Alliance of Sahel States and also what's happening in Guinea-Bissau together represent a beacon of light that's happening on our, you know, on the continent. Something we have been looking for for a while and didn't know where it would come from. Because, you know, we, we people were saying, oh, it's all these coups and military dictatorships and whatnot. And, and we didn't know where light was going to come from in terms of another because they destroyed Libya. They've assassinated Patrice Lumumba, started overthrew Kwame Nkrumah. All that was, you know, this is the U.S. that wants to pretend like they honor Black History Month and, and they want to leave that part out. Hey, that's part of Black History, ain't it? <laughs> the CIA overthrowing and assassinating our leaders here, you know, over uh, King and everything. So, uh, thank you, Anonymous and Chevy, Chevy Chase, also helping us get significantly. We only have $115 to go now, y'all. Come on now. We got somebody can drop it, and, and if you have, uh, if you want, we can thank you. With the Palestine is still an issue DVD for one hundred and twenty dollars, and somebody drops one hundred and twenty dollars, we can send you that thank you gift. It's a DVD. Palestine is still the issue, and a series of extraordinary interviews with both Palestinian and Israelis, John Pilger weaves together the issue of Palestine. He speaks to the families of suicide bombers and their victims. He goes into the refugee camps and meets the children. And so, you know, we can actually thank somebody with that who wants to drop us and help us com- complete that. Thank you. Oh, we're getting there. We're getting there. Somebody anonymous and buoy, voice with vision. Thank you for helping us get even closer. $75 to go. And then we'll have our, we'll have met our goal. Um, that's right. So 202-588-9739 or the website WPFWFM 
www.cashapp.org. You can click the Donate Now button. You can even cash app us. We'll see that in a few days. Uh, dollar sign WPFW. And then just put a note there, Voices with Vision. Mm-hmm. So we got one, two, three, four, five, six people that have come forward this morning to contribute to WPFW during uh, the time of the show. And, you know, I, I, more than six people are listening. More than six people can give uh, who haven't given already. So, you know, now's the time to take take some action, contribute, how, how, whatever amount you feel comfortable. But let's keep this kind of information and analysis uh, supported on the on the station. Mm-hmm. You should see this as also countering the or we offsetting the tax money they appropriate <laughs> that the government appropriates from us in order to do the evil things that they do, and they do some evil stuff. I mean, of course, it doesn't mean everything they do is evil, but some of that stuff is in con- is like sort of just coincidental or just what they have to do to say that they did, you know. Um, but overall, it's all to sustain. An imperialist order that's keeping us down, and what we try to do on this show, and and the station tries, and we're not the only show that does it. The station itself has a lot of programmers that either do it through music. Brother Craig even has a music show, but other music programmers, other public affairs programmers, are really trying to uphold something. And we might not all agree on everything. We don't put all the same information out or spin on it, but in general. It's something that pushes back in whatever degree against the status quo. And so that's what we call revolutionary radio for revolutionary times. In fact, a radio station has to be diverse, has to be, uh, I don't want to say eclectic, maybe that's the wrong word. But so while we might, Brother Craig and I, uphold more of the, what we hopefully the radical disposition, radical, unapologetic disposition, other people may not uphold that same thing, but it's important for the people to get to see the the uh, juxtapose of various positions, and that's what WPFW does. 202-588-9739 or 800-222-9739. Online, it's WPFWFM.org, and you can help us. If somebody just does at least $75, we'll have made our goal, and I believe that somebody's out there appreciating the programming, and this is our last chance. This Today is the, our last day of the fun drive. Uh, 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 at least Voice with Visions last uh, show of the fun drive. And so if you can do that, then we'll have met our goal for every show that we've had so far on the fun drive, and we'll be very much appreciating it. And we like to thank people. So we have two more minutes, and then we can actually say something uh, and let you know that we've made the goal. If you want to be anonymous, that's fine. But we'll actually let people, the people listeners know that want us to make our goal um, especially those who've already contributed. You'll, the ones who've already contributed want to think that we've made our goal. And so if you contribute, we can let those people know and so instead of chiming in and try to ask Roach to let, bump, <laughs> bump us off. But Roach Brown, is, stay tuned for Roach Brown on Crossroads, who's coming up, also help Roach meet that goal. Crossroads is a very important show, like all the rest, you know, talking about returning citizens and everything related to incarceration and this mass incarceral state that we live in but still help us out 202-588-9739 or 800-222-9739 just $75 to go and we'll have made the goal wpfwfm.org online or cash app the dollar sign and wpfw um and here's a quick quote though from marcus garvey speaking in the early 1900s he said we of the Negro race are suffering more than any other race in the world from propaganda. 
propaganda to destroy our hopes, our ambitions, and our confidence in self. And so this is what uh, you're contributing to is countering that propaganda. And so if you ain't working for your people, fall back. Collective Voices and the Francis Gregory Neighborhood Library invite you to celebrate Black history through poetry from 3.30 to 5 o'clock p.m. Saturday, February 24th at 3660 Alabama Avenue Southeast, Washington, D.C., as they present African Americans and the Arts. Collective Voices, whose members are Lady Di, Sister Joy, Bernardo, and Billy O'Hara, are known for their messages of social consciousness, inspiration, and empowerment. In addition to their original poetry, the celebration will also feature an exhibit by Washington-area visual artist Jason Keene and conclude with a book signing. This event is free and open to all ages. WPFW, building a better world, one broadcast at a time. On Friday, February 23rd, 8 p.m., Strathmore presents prolific drummer, producer, and composer, Micaiah McRaven. Blending jazz, hip-hop, and electronic elements into a modern, beat-driven sound, his latest album, In These Times, is the triumphant finale of a project more than seven years in the making. Inspired by both broader cultural struggles and his personal experience as a product of a multinational, working-class musician community, McRaven has a unique gift for collapsing space, destroying borders, and blending past, present, and future into post-genre, jazz-rooted, 21st century folk music. Micaiah McRaven, In These Times, One Night Only, Friday, February 23rd. Tickets and details available at strathmore.org. WPFW, Building a Better World, one broadcast at a time. Big announcement. Home Rule Music Festival, in partnership with WPFW, presents an electrifying evening of music, culture, and community. Join us on Friday, February 23rd at Songbird Music House for the Home Rule Music Festival launch party and concert. Doors open at 7 p.m. Event starts at 8 p.m. Songbird is located at 540 Penn Street, Northeast, Washington, D.C. Special performances by the legendary Plunky from Oneness of Juju and the dynamic Brandon Woody's Up Indu. Plus, don't miss the exclusive screening of the captivating Black Fire documentary. Tickets are available at songbirddc.com. That's S-O-N-G-B-Y-R-D-D-C.com. Gil Scott Heron said, The revolution will not be televised. And yet we've seen oppression, suffering, and resistance streamed in real time across this country and around the world, from Palestine to D.C. In times like these, it's imperative to have a station like WPFW that centers justice, reflects hope, and fosters solidarity throughout our music and public affairs programming. From February 4th through the 24th, we offer you the opportunity to partner with us in this critical work of liberation, 
by donating during our Winter Pledge Drive and ensuring that WPFW will be here to chronicle the revolution. WPFW, Revolutionary Radio for Revolutionary Times. CD Enterprises presents Grammy Award-winning jazz singer and songwriter Gregory Porter live in concert. February 25th at the theater at MGM National Harbor, 